Hey everybody, before we get started today, I just wanted to issue a quick warning. This episode has a little bit more foul language than usual. Uh, I know we typically don't keep it entirely clean, but at the same time, as it was relevant to our discussion, we decided to leave it in anyway. So there might be some edits here and there, but for the most part, it is a little bit more raunchy than usual. Nevertheless, it is a great episode with a really, really, really good discussion that we have with our friends. Benga. So, hope you enjoy. Thanks. Today, we are going to examine the life of a young cocaine-dealing entrepreneur and the myriad bitch-related problems that he has encountered. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Decomposition Podcast, where we hyperanalyze all of your favorite terrible songs. My name is Brad, and joining me as always is my co-host Katie. Katie, how are you doing today? Well, I'm a little confused because I thought the artist didn't have bitch-related problems. <laughs> but that's what we were here to talk about. This he has elected to make them not a problem in his life. You know, he's he has willed them to be not his problems, as it turns out. So, but I'm also super excited because our guest today is one of my favorite exactly people. Exactly. A very, very, very close friend of ours joining us from Los Angeles, California. Our good friend, yes, Mr. Yes. Bengay Doe. Welcome to our kitchen via uh, FaceTime audio here. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you at Decomposition. Yeah. Which houses some our... of my favorite people yeah. on the planet. Uh, Take that, Katie everybody. Katie and I go way on... back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do go way uh, back. Oh, yeah, man. This is a yeah, college man. reunion right here. It is a, it is a college reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to say, guys, you know, I am a big fan of your show. Well, thank And this you. obviously has nothing to do with us being friends. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm glad Katie yeah. uh, strong-armed you into trying out a podcast, all right? So. <laughs> I know. I, I actually, you know, you have to get all the credit because I hadn't listened to a podcast pre-decomposition. Yeah. Um, you and know since me. then, I've now picked up a bunch I'll of other podcasts. But yeah, and then, <laughs> and then through you, we met Patrick, the original cast, which thank you yes. for, for, you know, the word of mouth advertisement. We appreciate that Absolutely. as well. Um, Shout out to Mr. Flynn. Mr. Flynn. Mr. Penguin, comma, unknown. Unknown Penguin. <laughs> unknown penguin. <laughs> I enjoyed your episode with him. Yeah. It was, uh, it was great. It was mostly him talking, uh, if it's what I remembered. He, <laughs> he spits off like rapid fire knowledge. And, uh, yes. Uh, it makes you feel like, wow, I don't know anything about uh, any of this, do yeah. I? Like, so. Um, but fear not, because there are several other episodes with him coming up on yeah, our in the show works. and his. So us on his show, he's coming back on our show. So there'll be more of us with Patrick. A lot of collabs. Oh, I'm excited. In the works. A lot of a lot of irons I'm, in the fire. So um, that's really cool. I do want to say, uh, in terms of like some of my favorite episodes that I have with you guys, your three part anniversary Weezer series. <laughs> <laughs> are you a, are you a fantastic. Weezer? Are you a Weezer fan? No, I, I'm really not. No. <laughs> I'm not really a Weezer fan, but I, <laughs> but I really love those episodes. Those were great. We're um, not sure we're you know. Weezer fans anymore either. That's true. <laughs> um, how does Teresa feel? Uh, so upset. She's so angry. She's so angry about the whole thing. So she, she's two thirds angry. Fantastic. She's two thirds angry, one third elated. So that's really how she. <laughs> and I think. Every episode since we've finished those episodes, we've 
mention Teresa and how she's feeling oh, about yeah. Weezer. Still it's an it. ongoing journey. <laughs> well, it was good stuff. And I also like, I mean, there's some other favorites I have. I like, I love your um, female, Keith oh, Urban. Yeah. That maybe that is great. my favorite. And uh, one of my big time favorites. And I think it was the first one that really got me hooked on you guys was... Cherry popping dead. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> suit suit Ryan. First of all, we got a that big was great. big Teresa fan. Yeah. On, on the West Coast here. Yeah. Maybe Teresa's yeah, biggest yeah. fan. So <laughs> I am a big fan. I also love Josh as well. That's mm-hmm. true. Just to, just to throw that out there. Just in general. So I wanna uh say thank you for suggesting this song. And wait a second. It was Katie. Katie. You just mouthed that like I couldn't hear it on the microphone. <laughs> But I was going to ask Katie if you would if you would just uh, tell us all how this song came to be chosen. So months ago, Bang and I are on the phone just catching up as friends, and then we talked about the podcast, and he gave us some great feedback. You know, I really respect his opinion. He himself is a writer and an artist and an all around great, smart guy. So I was like, really, don't just tell me nice things about the podcast. Tell me what's working, what's not working. Give me some feedback. So we did all of that. And then he was like, I would love to do an episode with you on my favorite artist, Jay-Z, but I think you would struggle to find a song. And immediately I was like, no, I wouldn't. We do 99 problems because I have a problem with it. And I regret this. Yeah. So much. Um, I got to say, like, Jay-Z is an artist that has always kind of been on my periphery, but I don't know a whole lot of his stuff. Like, he's he's just a, another artist. You know, I've never... I'm not into his catalog. I've never been a Jay-Z fan. The only song I was really familiar with, aside from this one, was Big Pimpin', and I thought that song was absolute garbage, but from what I understand, the rest of his catalog is a lot more... Would that have been the song I was supposed to pick? <laughs> I think Big Pimpin' is well, just, you know, like, it's trite, <laughs> though. Like... I think thematically, based on what you're going off of, there are so many other songs you probably could have picked. That were that were like much... hit singles? Yeah. Well, uh, there were hit singles. There were successful, I would say, yeah, not yeah. hit singles. There, there was success. There's enough successful songs. <laughs> I always out felt of like Jay Z I always felt like Jay Z put out more successful albums than he did singles. You singles. know, like people will rave about his latest album whenever it comes out, but he's not the guy that I've ever heard like on the radio. Funny, he know? addresses that in this song. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he does. That's true. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he knows his deal. So that's... <laughs> Yes, he does. Um, yes, he does. Can I just say up top, I know that we're going to ask Benga some other questions first, but right. I really made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into later, I took a bunch of quotes from Katie while she was doing her own research on the song. Can I just say that... Basically, you and I had that conversation. I felt very confident that I didn't like the song. Right. This morning, when I really sat down to look yeah. at it, I realized I'd never listened to the song because right. I didn't like the chorus. So I would just turn it off. Right. And I was right. like, F this guy. I don't like the song. In context, yeah. it's a really Makes good song. Makes sense. Um, I agree. Reading the lyrics today as I was going over my notes, I think this is a great song. Yeah. Like, this is not only not yeah. a bad song, but this is a terrific song that I have, like, that listened to with new ears as of this morning. Mm-hmm. So, so, so episode so over, imagine. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just call it now? No, I want to talk about why it's a great song. We have a seven-minute-long episode. I hope that's okay. But I feel like... No clips of the song whatsoever. We robbed Benga because now we have to do another episode with Benga where we actually get to 
decompose a song right. in a negative way. Maybe we'll just have to come yes. back and do Jay-Z part two, Big Pimpin'. We'll see. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, you know, I will say this about, you know, sort of post that conversation with Katie, I really was, A, I thought you would listen to the song closely, nope. right? And then had formulated some opinions about it. And so I was like, oh, this should be interesting because um, the whole point of the song, right, is to sort of deflect and take listeners down a certain path and make right. you think it's one thing when it's talking about something else, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I wonder, she must have come up with like some really strong arguments. I can't <laughs> wait to hear this. this is... <laughs> oh, no. Am I going to dislike this song now? <laughs> I cannot wait to get her perspective. Um, so this is actually a surprise. <laughs> so. I would say that it is relatively out of character for me to make a snap judgment and then just like well no that's not that, that is not of, out I of just, character right. uh, yeah strong I just disagreement realized, like, um, <laughs> even as i was saying it myself i was like this is not true correct yeah uh, but from an, from an academic perspective i would say it is true like usually with a book or a song I, like i really give things a chance and think about them and try to look at where the the writer is coming from and i didn't do that at all with this song i was just so confident i knew what the song was about <laughs> i was just right. and then only this morning realized i have obviously never listened to this song i thought i had listened to it Oh. I right. myself believed my own lie. Like I thought I'd <laughs> listen to it. I think before today, the only verse that I could have talked about confidently, because this song has always just kind of been in the background for me, you know, like I've, I've heard it here and there, but like never paid attention to it with the exception of the second verse, okay. which, mm. which we will discuss when we get into that. Right. But that's the only one that I could really talk about. And so my perspective on the song is, I've got so many other problems that I can't be bothered with a bitch. Like, that's right. kind of what I thought the situation was. With and this I song. now have a slightly different take on it, which I'm excited yeah. to share with you guys, but oh. I don't want to do it yet. Um, okay. Before we get before we get too deep into the song itself, Benga, I need to ask you, what is the first album you remember owning or listening to? Oh, man, those are, those are two different things. So I, okay. in tell terms us, of tell us, music... Tell us well, I would say, okay, so there's music influences and then like early music influences and then there's my first album purchase. Go for it. Um, and those genres couldn't be any further apart. So growing up, I mean, my, my dad had an eclectic taste in music. So I think the first musician I remember, and I don't really remember the song, but the first musician I remember would have been Fela, Fela oh. Kuti. And, and if I think... I think Lady was the song that played a lot off his album Shakara, which is basically showing off is the name of, you know, this is a Nigerian artist for those mm-hmm. who don't oh, okay. know. I thought is, Bella Kuti he, is. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. He is uh, renowned for basically inventing like Afro-Cuban jazz. Correct. Is that? Yeah. Okay. That's yes. what I thought you were talking about. Okay. Yes. Um, so he, his music was omnipresent. You know, yeah. it was kind of like growing up in, I mean, I was born in New York, but grew up in Nigeria and, you know, walking the streets of Nigeria, there was a lot of fella playing. So I remember him. And then I remember Michael Jackson. I remember the Thriller album. I remember, believe it or not, Madonna. Madonna's <laughs> like a Virgin it. album. My dad played that a whole bunch. And... Phil Collins. Um, oh, okay. There was a bunch of Phil, Phil Collins being played. Um, his album, no I think jacket. it was Hello, I Must Be Going. Oh, okay. You know, the You Can't 
you can't hurry love. Remember that song? Oh yeah, his version of that. Yeah, you can't hurry love. Yeah. No, so yeah, I, I mean, those are like wait. influences I would say growing up. And then in terms of first album purchase, I was a teenager and I moved back to the states, and that would have been Tupac's "Me Against the World." Okay, those are very yeah. very different genres, right? There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, once I hit my teens, I hit like the gangster rap. Sure. Era. Well, that would have been that would have been the right uh, time period for that. Yes, you know, like the early '90s. Right. Well, if you're thinking about like our age group, all of the music that you mentioned was, you know, kind oh, of yeah. perfectly matched to our age group. Like when you were exactly when you were young, young and growing up, and all those '80s bands. Exactly. Yeah. Not bands. Yeah. Artists. And then by the time yeah. we were teenagers, it makes perfect sense that you would have shifted gears to Tupac. You know, right? That's like so, what was super popular when we were teenagers. But I'm really disappointed right, and, that there's nothing uh, super embarrassing in that line. I know. Why is all your stuff so cool? <laughs> well, really, I was. I thought you guys were going to give me a lot of crap for like Madonna, which I I love Madonna. But I also realized that part of that was I was just conditioned to love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's a great artist, but my dad just played a lot of Madonna. Um, so I expected you guys to give me crap for it, but apparently that's not happening. So my stepdad, one of the CDs that he had in his car in the 90s was Madonna's, it's called the Immaculate, the Immaculate Collection, Collection, isn't it? It's like yeah. the greatest Collection, album. yes. And he doesn't listen to music at all, but he listens <laughs> to Madonna. In fact, he has told us that he only knows two songs, 13 Yellow Roses and Hava Nagila. Yes. That's it. Oh, and then that's he it. added Sweet Emotion oh, by true. Aerosmith to the list. And it turns Ooh. out he has a whole Madonna album yeah. that he's just pretending he doesn't know. So just caught up in another <laughs> one of his lies. So, uh, right. well, those, are my, those are my influences, and I think they're all great. <laughs> they are. Well, we Personally. are probably going to be doing a Phil Collins episode at some point with, and I'll shout him out because he'll be mad if I don't. Yeah. Joe Shipley. Yeah. Um, from London. He, uh, Oh, what? Joe Shipley has gotten several shout outs now Mm -hmm. and he's just going to ask for more. Yeah. It's your, your, (laughs) your feeding an addict is what you're doing. You're enabling him. I'm an enabler. But, um, without further ado, uh, are you guys ready to get into the meat and potatoes of this terrible slash not terrible at all song? Yeah, I'm ready to get into it. All right. Katie, can you do me a favor and read the verse? Because well, just, are we starting with the verse or the, or the no, chorus? No, no, no. Sorry, I meant to say the the hook, the chorus. The hook. It's listed as hook on my lyrics. So I guess I mean, but it is the only chorus the song has. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but I'm assuming this is why you had a problem with the song in the first place. Yeah, I'm gonna read it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Yeah. All right. This is, of course, prophetic because Jay-Z went on to get beat up in an elevator by his (laughs) (laughs) sister-in-law. Jay-Z, not only is he part of the Illuminati, but he is clearly a prophet of the future. So... So, yeah. Um, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to, like, discuss the song. I almost felt like it was unnecessary. Uh, off the 2004, the Black Album, let me give you its chart positions real quick here. It reached number 30 on Billboard's Hot 100, number 26 on Billboard's Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Songs, number 37 on the Mainstream Top 40, and number 10 on Billboard's Hot Rap Songs, which means it was not as much of a smash hit as I thought it would be. I thought right. this song would have been a much bigger hit because it's become kind of an iconic song. 
You know. I think it was post. I mean, I would like to think it was, this is a song that really took off, you know, probably years after as people discovered it and have listened to it and, and kind of reacquainted themselves with that song. I mean, there are other songs on that album, on the Black album that, you the know, Black people gravitate The Black album was toward. huge, though. The Black album was, it was a gigantic. Huge and then when he re-released it uh, as the Grey album with, I forget who, like Danger Mouse or someone. Or no, it was a mashup of the Beatles' White album and his black yeah. album they put was out the gray album. Was it him though, or was that like somebody else who released the gray oh, album and did the mashup else. with like his lyrics and then the Beatles? That may album. Be. he did one with Lincoln Park though. He did one with Lincoln Park, correct? I forget what yes. that album was called, but still, like the black album before it was mashed up with anything else was still like a, a huge album. Every time Jay Z releases an album, like his Blueprint series, for example, people go nuts about it, you know. <laughs> and I just kind of assumed that the song was like a smash hit going to number one on all the charts. Yeah, I thought so too. So, I was really surprised by those numbers just now. Yeah, I mean, I think there are other songs on that album, like "Dirt Off Your Shoulder" was yeah. huge. I wonder if "Dirt Off Your Shoulder" was probably much bigger than "99 Problems." Well, let me let me tell you because I've got the chart numbers here for the album. Uh, went to one, number one on the Billboard 200, went to number one on the top R&B slash hip-hop albums, and number one on the top rap albums. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, wow. what I like to think is probably the most iconic song off of this album did not get higher than number 37 on the mainstream top 40. Number 30 on the Hot 100, which is probably the biggest chart. Yeah. So That's surprising. That is surprising to me. But so maybe it's because... Well, I don't know. Is the song hard to play on the radio? Uh, there's a lot of bleeping, but whatever. That's, that's easy enough to. That is out. a very good point. That is a very good point. It's something that they struggled with, and and uh, you know we'll get into the music video later. I'm sure if you guys mm-hmm. want to chat about that yes, as I well. Do. But I know I remember like BET and MTV had issues. Well, with- yeah, <laughs> it said that he had to release like basically uh, an apology, not an apology, an explanation before the video because of the shooting scene. The shooting and scene at the end. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, the chorus or slash hook, obviously, mm-hmm. to Katie's point, makes it difficult for radio play. Yeah. So that could be part of it. But I am surprised, actually, by those numbers. I thought it was much more successful. But I'll tell you what, Crazy Bitch was on the radio everywhere. Right. By uh, That was a few years later. Yeah. And I a mean, few years when it comes to like cursing and what's acceptable can make a big difference you think so yes. i do because i think over yeah. the course of the last like decade or so in tv on the radio that's true we've gotten a lot more open with quote-unquote vulgar language yeah. and if this is 2004 it might have just missed that by a couple of years i don't know because crazy bitch was definitely like 2007 2008 yeah like sure that. yeah so can i just say what my initial problems with the chorus were please yes please obviously Obviously, I'm going to say the obvious one first because it was actually my smaller problem with it. So my thought about the song was always, why does she have to be a bitch? Obviously, that was what I was going to say. But more than that, and of course, this was having not really examined the song. My other issue was if this guy has 99 other problems, why does he feel bad for the dude whose only problem is a girl? Like, that didn't make sense to me, logically. Well, I can I can touch upon that. 
Uh, it's because okay. <laughs> I wish people could see Banga's face because basically he's just looking at me smugly. I... <laughs> like I've already admitted I was wrong about the song, and people can't see your smug look. That's the only face he's got, Katie. You have to talk to me I will, smugly. I will let I will let Brad give his response, and then I have a response for you, Katie. Excellent. So I can't wait. It's because the song takes its hook from an Ice T track called "99 Problems." And so that's what he's sampling there. In fact, he sampled six different artists in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest one is Ice-T and uh, ooh, the guy from... Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose name I can't remember. Brother Marquis. Ice-T and Brother Marquis' song, 99 Problems. Okay. So that's where he's taken that from. He's got so many problems. And you can still feel bad for somebody if they have one problem. Yeah, but the attitude behind the delivery of the line is not sympathetic it's no. sort of like putting down the right. person whose problem be... is a bitch yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> but now i have a totally different theory about what that means okay benga right. do you do you care to uh, respond to that yeah yeah so i mean i think the song is doing exactly what it's supposed to do i mean the the hook is doing exactly what it's supposed to do so right off the bat it's meant to be to use jay-z's words provocative right and edgy sure. and it's supposed to that's how he wants to either reel you in or basically kick you out. Yeah. So he knows that by saying that line, right, it's going to elicit a certain response from certain types of listeners. Uh, and he's doing that on purpose. And he has that edgy sort of, it also has that sort of bravado and just sort of edginess that goes with the delivery of rap lyrics. If you go back to like the history of it from the seventies onward up, uh. you know, like I feel like that's all part of, the feeling of the chorus. Yeah, I um, agree with you. That's kind of the wording I was struggling for. Like, there's a posturing to it, a bravado. Like, when you take it at face yes. value, like, even if I have 99 problems, you're worse off because your problem's a bitch. Like, that is the way to yeah. take it at face value. And you're right. It is provocative. It either reels someone in or turns them off. And for me, I was stupid. It turned me off. I should have listened to the rest of the song. I am an idiot. Right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you're an idiot. So you can't, you don't back out on it now, man. You already said right. He's been my friend for 16 years. He can't look me in the eye and just say I'm right about it. Um, 18 years. Oh, gosh, we're old. Maybe he's also saying oh. that, like, maybe he's calling the person with girl problems a bitch. That's another thing that I would like to throw out there. I've got 99 problems, so I can't be bothered with you, bitch. Benga, what do you think? <laughs> yes, he could mean that. Yeah. He could absolutely mean that. And I think, but if you if you are familiar with Jay-Z's music... I'm not. That is... Okay, so that is a very <laughs> big part. Like, wordplay for him is huge. And sure. And double entendres and triple entendres are, like, a big part of his music. So it could be, you know? I mean, it could all it could mean all of those things, you know? And I haven't necessarily taken it to mean that, but it, it absolutely could. Um, and he always toys with his listeners. Like, it's a big thing for him, you know? He can poke, you know, when he feels like he wants to poke to get a certain type of reaction out of a listener. And sometimes they're insult. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, insults, if you go back to rap battles, oh, sure. are so, like, entrenched yeah. in the culture um, that that's very much just sort of a part of it. Right. I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on a second. Oh, I got it. I'm good. You said double entendre. So this song is a trick. Okay. Right. Yes. This song is a trick. It's there to trick the listener. And so I'm curious what you guys will think about my idea of what bitch really means. Okay. 
Can I throw it out there? Please. Is that okay? Yeah. Benga, you can feel free to say, like, you're really stupid. That's obviously not what the song is about at all. So in in the context of the verses, right, where he really starts to, and we'll read them in a second, but he starts to break down, like, the actual problems that he's having. And they're all very interesting and cleverly delivered. And then he's always kind of, like, coming back at the people who are getting in his way, you know, whether it's critics in the first verse or it's police in the second verse. I think the way I'm taking the chorus now is like he, it's his way of saying I'm not a bitch like I might have 99 problems but I'm not a bitch not in the female dog sense but in like the emasculated you can't mess with me kind of right. sense that's sort of how I was taking it now I don't know thoughts I thought that it like bitch meant something different in each verse the context yes. of bitch like varies from verse to verse it does so, would it be all right if we get into the verses so we can discuss this a little more thoroughly so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that we should because I think yeah we have to 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 be basically to have a response to you, Katie. We do have to delve into the verses because okay. I do agree with Brad in that bitch does mean a different thing for each verse. Yeah. Okay. Benga, as our guest, would you do us the honor of reading verse one here? I will. It's going to be very hard for me not to get into like rap mode, but okay. I will slow it down because <laughs> I love the song so much. Listen, I'm reading um, along, so if you go into rap mode, hopefully I'll be able to like follow whatever bouncing ball is on this thing. All right. All right. Sounds good. I've got the rap patrol on the gap patrol. Foes that they want to make sure my casket's closed. Rap critics, they say he's money, cash, hoes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What types of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zap the toes, you'd celebrate the minute you was having dough. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show. They don't play my hits, well, I don't give a shit. So, rap mags trying to use my black ass so advertisers can give them more cash for ads. Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has. I'm from... Rags to riches, niggas. I ain't dumb. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. I love that you've basically read that as if you were hearing the song and just like going along with it. You know, it's hard to not I, get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. It's um, really hard. I'm going to drop my first problem with this verse. You have a problem with it? Yes. I have a couple of problems with it, and it is has nothing to do with the content. Problem one, the pronunciation Zapatos. I, uh, anybody who speaks Spanish, like uh, any amount of Spanish, like what the hell is a Zapatos? Because we all know it's Zapatos. And it means shoes for those of us that don't speak Spanish. It's not Zapatos. I don't care what type of Brooklyn accent the man has. Nobody... Pronounces it Zapatos. I understand, he, Katie, assonance. I understand that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But I can't just mispronounce words so that they rhyme. Right. That takes I mean, away credibility. It's a forced rhyme with having dough. Yeah. I think it's fun. And though. my whole asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the, entire, <laughs> the entirety of my asshole can be kissed. <laughs> Not just one little wrinkled flange, but the entire. <laughs> Please don't tell me that's one of your problems with the verse. Kiss my whole asshole. <laughs> I yes, think that's it is. So bold. I love it. That's like my favorite, not my favorite line in the song, but it's definitely like my favorite insult. You can kiss I, my whole asshole. No, he's not saying you can kiss my whole ass. He's he is zoning in on the sphincter. I said that's what I said. You can kiss my whole asshole. That is so 
bold. Do you want to talk about bravado? So that is insane. <laughs> I yeah. like it. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but I really like that. I would insult. sing that so- that line loudly and proudly wherever I am, but like as in like an ironic joke. You can kiss my whole asshole. It's not like saying you can kiss my whole ass, which to me means like from left cheek to right cheek, end to end, kiss it. But now we're just zoning in on the starfish. This is far more insulting than kiss my ass, though, which is great. This is where yeah. the poop comes out. That is true. It is much more insulting. And this, again, like plays into, should we get into like talking about the verse? Yeah, Please. go for it, yeah. Yeah. So Jay-Z, I think at this stage in his career, like the Black Album is supposed to be his retirement album, right? And then he proceeds to release <laughs> well however done, many more well albums done. after the fact. <laughs> well done, Mr. Carter. Um, <laughs> but I do think he actually really meant it at this point in his career. And you could argue that he was kind of at the zenith, right? And, it, you know, he had kind of mastered the game, if you will. Mm-hmm. We can get into, like, his biography, like, a little later. But part of what I love about this is that here's a guy who's got a command of his artistry, right? Sure. And that's what all of the all of these lyrics are about. It's about him uh, boasting, insulting, poking fun. Um, it's great, clever use of words. And saying, hey, I'm the best lyricist of all time. That's what all of this says to me. I mean, we can get into the specifics, obviously, in terms of what the actual lyrics mean. Mm-hmm. But the whole verse for me just screams, hey, confidence. Yeah, it screams, I don't, I don't need you. Whether you're a radio station, you, yeah. whether you're the music critics, you know, whoever you are, I don't need you. And you don't understand me. And it doesn't matter that you don't understand me. I'm from yeah, rags I'm to riches. You know? I literally, yeah. he's basically saying, I, I have transcended all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am now, I have hit a, a completely different level where none of it matters to me. And I love that. Yeah. So in this one. Especially if you take into context his journey um, getting to the Black Album. So Benga, you said that you also think that bitch means something different for each verse, right? Yes. And in this one. What do you think it means? (laughs) Like I couldn't see that question coming, Katie. Obviously. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't um, a challenge. I'm like, educate me. Like, help me with um, this song that I thought was a bad song that's a great song. And I'm feeling bad about it. Okay, so to answer that question, I think we have to talk about bitch and the use of and how it has different meanings, yes. and there's sort of a spectrum of meanings, right, for the word bitch. So bitch it. can be used, you know, obviously informally as, like, you're my friend, just mm-hmm. like it's used as a derogatory term for for women, just like it's used as, like, you know, like a label as, like, kind of a term of weakness, right? You're yeah. a bitch, you're being a bitch, or whatever. So I do think <laughs> in this context, it's uh, it's used as weakness. Which is what I was saying. Yeah. Cool. I'm assuming well, he's he's calling the critics bitches. Like, don't you dare insult me. Like, I, like, I, right. I came from is, nothing and am now, like, the biggest rap artist on the planet. I don't need you to insult me, bitch. I okay. just smashed a microphone in Brad's rage right there. Hitting so. the microphone in my face. Brad <laughs> smash. That's right. You can kiss my whole asshole. <laughs> and and maybe I misunderstood you, Katie. I think the word bitch, right? Mm-hmm. At least in terms of for people who are dismissive of the song, who don't actually give it a chance and understand context and read the lyrics, I think they typically that think he's referring to the, such the, the use of the How word dare bitch. You? Oh. <laughs> don't just think I'm going to ignore it when you slide in for people who don't understand the context because they didn't listen to the whole song. Don't think I'm going to just let that go. 
I've already said mea culpa. I've already admitted my mistake. But I'm not a bitch, Benga. Like, you can't treat me like that. How dare you? Yeah, how I'm dare you saying. insult my wife like that, Benga? <laughs> he doesn't care. Wow. How could you do that? Brass up laughing. How dare you? Oh, man. No, but seriously, uh, but seriously, tell me. I want you to finish your thought. No, my thought is just that, like, and maybe we're both on the same page here. I think when people listen to the to the song, or don't listen to the song, I should say, and just listen to the hook, mm-hmm. they think his use of the word bitch is being used as a derogatory term toward women. Yes. And I would make a distinction between the use of that word and the word bitch as in weakness. Because I don't think necessarily that when people say bitch, as in you bitch this or you bitch that, it's nece- it's like, oh, you, you know, it's usually just weakness. It's like, and it takes on a completely different meaning. Yeah. Um, I think, in it, my opinion, it depends on whether or not the word is being used about a male or a female as well. Right. On the surface, it seems like the word is being used about a female. So, I mean, it says, I, if you're having girl fr- problems, I feel bad for you, son. All right. So, it sounds like girl problems and bitch go together, but I think that's part of the trick of the song. Yeah. And that in actuality, he's using bitch in a weakness kind of way, maybe more about, maybe in a more masculine or emasculating context than having anything to do with women or females at all. Can I uh, point out something just to build off of that, which is something that we touched on a little bit earlier, but evidently um, in Jay-Z's book, Decoded, he states that he used 99 problems to confuse critics and point out their own ignorance by hiding a deeper story behind a superficial chorus, which piggybacks off of what you were talking about before, Big. I don't know if you read that book or not, but... Yeah, I own it. Yeah. Doesn't mean you read it, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're I own a lot of I books. I own a lot of books. I've read like four. So that's. A... <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I really have to say. My favorite line I will say in this it's funny because when he actually references rap critics, um, they say he's Money Cash Hoes. Mm-hmm. Money Cash Hoes is another song from a different Jay-Z album. I believe it's uh, volume two, Hard Knock Life. Mm. And it's funny because I think if you had picked that song, Katie. <laughs> I know. I you should have say. just, yeah, just then you could have <laughs> piled on your musical knowledge and complained about the sampling of Annie. So. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, was I forgot right. about that too, actually. Yeah. No, I picked up on that line too when I was looking at the lyrics today, that allusion to his own earlier work right yes. in here. I thought that was so smart. That was such a good idea. Yeah. And the way he used it to say that you think I'm money cash hoes and then what kind of facts are those? Like, what are you stupid? Just making kind of a snap judgment or an insinuation that, you know, exactly what I'm all about just because I have this song from, you know, exactly. Because I have many years ago. Exactly. I gotta say, I think these, I think these lyrics are great despite uh, the problems I listed before. Which aren't like real problems with it. Zapatos. I have funny, two though. problems. Yeah. Zapatos. <laughs> Zapatos. Zapatos. Yeah. Zapatos. But from the first two lines there, I, I've got the rap patrol and on the gap patrol foes that want to make sure my casket's closed. That's that's awesome. That's a great like I know it's the, the hard vowel rhyme as opposed to like an actual rhyme. But like that's kind of just how this flow is in this mm-hmm. song it's all vowel sound rhymes but and it's a double entendre right so like 
he's literally saying, you know, so I got the rap patrol, so he's got the rap critics, obviously policing his right, records, sure. and his lyrics, um, and the foes. They want to make sure my casket's closed could apply to those rap critics who mm-hmm. are trying to take him out, and yeah. then other sort of rival artists as well. Um, but then in real life, he actually was, you know, well, in yeah. very precarious, you know, situations where sure. people try to take his life. Yeah. So it means two things, which is also pretty cool. And he it's does it layered. in such just like a smooth, smart way yeah. where you get it and you clicked into it immediately. Yeah. Uh, despite, exactly. Despite my dislike of Zappa Toes, I do like the following line. You'd celebrate the minute you was having dough also. That's great because right. he's exactly correct. You know, even even like if you don't grow up from the hood like he says he did, like even if you didn't, you'd still celebrate yeah. earning a lot of money. You know, like if Brad and what I had made a million dollars tomorrow, we'd yeah. be going nuts about it. If we exactly like Smash Mouth suggests <laughs> one <a> million dollars <laughs> <laughs> drove a brand new Benz, we would celebrate that yeah, because we're human and that's what we do. Right. For so. sure. Well, I think especially there's also, you know, one more thing to say to kind of piggyback on what you just you just said, Brad, is I think when people when people come from the hood, when you've literally been told that you will not succeed. Right. And you have so many signs and symbols around you that reinforce that. Right. To be able to sort of escape that reality and form a new one or forge a new one for yourself is huge. And that's a huge part of hip hop culture and celebrating that and the sort of materialism that we see, which I don't always necessarily love, but absolutely understand on an intrinsic level because Mm -hmm. you were told you would never, ever attain those levels of success. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the amount of of rap artists, I'm thinking Biggie in particular, who were drug dealers and then start celebrating the fact that they were able to get out of the drug dealer life or the gang life or something like that. And now I've gone on to have more success. I've turned away from the stuff that should have killed me in my youth. Oh, are you, is that because of Biggie? Well, yeah, I mean, that's sad. That's a sad story. That's true. But yeah, but my point stands that that is part of not just this song, but so many rap songs out there. Sure. And I think it's a, a logical justification here of celebrating the fact yeah. that like life has changed. Who wouldn't? Like who wouldn't yeah. celebrate the fact that life has changed? And why should you have to apologize for it? And I think that's an excellent segue into verse two. But there are things I like in verse one, like how he brags about his intelligence that I didn't get to mention. <laughs> <laughs> well then do that and then we'll seamlessly segue into verse two after that. I just feel like there are so many ways that he's saying you know i'm not weak i'm super confident i don't need you and i like the lines where he says things like like rap mags try to use my black ass so advertisers can give them more cash for ads fuckers i don't know what you take me as or understand the intelligence that jay-z has i love that i just love it i love the sounds of it i love the like the actual bouncing sound of the consonants and the vowels the way the words are put together is so smart is so beautiful and i like the line i don't know what you take me as like that's very like that's very literary the idea of like what do you take me for you know that has like yeah. a really literary bend to it and i like that he says here or un- understand the intelligence that jay-z has and then i like in the next line where he says i ain't dumb like twice he's like by the way i'm not an idiot i know what you're doing you're underestimating me and you're foolish for it. I love that. 
I think it's awesome. He's bragging, Agreed. but he's also right. Yeah. That's very Muhammad yeah. Ali. It's not bragging <laughs> if you can back it up. You know, that's because <laughs> anybody I, I would challenge anybody to read this verse and then say, oh, that's not a smart man. Right. You know that like that's near right. impossible to do. Somebody may do right. it, but not me. I have no way. I have no idea how someone would. If you grew up with holes and you sat the toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. So now can we seamlessly segue into verse two? <laughs> verse two, which is the... This is the best part of the song. This is the best part of the song. Yes. Um, yes. So who's who's going to take it? This is going to be me. And are you going to make me read verse three? Well, if, no. Do you want to read verse? No, two? no. Go ahead. I'll read verse. Three. <laughs> I'm just looking to see how many of these hard ends I have to self edit here. No, maybe, maybe verse three going to be a challenge for you, Katie. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a trained professional at reading. <laughs> I've had professional reading training. Yeah. Yeah. Verse two, the year is 94, in my trunk is raw, in my rearview mirror is the motherfucking law. Got two choices, y'all, pull over the car or bounce on the devil, put the pedal to the floor. And I ain't trying to see no highway chase with Jake, plus I got a few dollars, I can fight the case. So I pull over to the side of the road, I heard, son, do you know why I'm stopping you for? Son, do you know why I'm stopping you for? I'm sure it's son, do you know what I'm stopping you for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's son, do you know? You might actually say why in the in the way it rhymes, actually. Okay, that's fine. Um, I thought I knew the intelligence Jay-Z had, but oh. no. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I Burn. said, man, if I was in a rap battle with Jay-Z, I could just throw that right at him, huh? <laughs> I'm sure walk, that would go really well for you. Walk away the victor, I'm sure. That's Positive. <laughs> I said, son, do you know why I'm stopping you for? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am I under arrest or should I guess some more? Well, you was going 55 in a 54. License and registration and step out of the car. Are you carrying a weapon on you? I know a lot of you are. I ain't stepping out of shit. All my paper's legit. Well, do you mind if I have a look around the car a little bit? Well, my glove compartment is locked. So is the trunk in the back. And I know my rights. So you gonna need a warrant for that. Aren't you sharp as a tack? You some type of lawyer or something? Somebody important or something? Well, I ain't past the bar, but I know a little bit. Enough that you won't illegally search my shit. Well, we'll see how smart you are when the canine come... I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Katie, what do you think bitch means in this context? I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying drug-sniffing dog. Maybe? It's the dr- it is the drug-sniffing dog. That is dog. funny. I didn't have enough time to think about it, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, <laughs> that, makes per- I got- that fits together just perfectly at the so, end, and that's so clever, right? That is very clever. This entire you verse is See how is smart you are clever. when the canine comes and his confidence are, I got 99 problems with a bitch ate one. It's not going to be a problem when your dog comes to my car. Yes. That is so Smart. I had to. I really wanted to <laughs> yeah. say all the like all the expletives just now. <laughs> um, so this verse is is based on a, a real story that happened in New Jersey, Katie. Really? Yeah. Jay Z was pulled over by New Jersey state troopers, and he basically refused to let them search his car. 
And oh, where was I reading? He was talking about how he was basically like weighing his options. Like he he knows he was pulled over just because he was a black guy driving on the highway, but he also had cocaine in his car. And so like, which is worse here? What are what are the worst right. options? You know, it's it wasn't right for them to pull me over, and I do have illegal drugs in the car at the time. Right. So not me. When I said I, I. You were JC, recounting not, the story. not I. I think we all understood, Brad. We all understand that I do not have illegal <laughs> drugs in my car. <laughs> Carrying um, my insulin around with me. So Yeah, well that has gotten you in trouble. I have gotten stopped for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, why do you have so many syringes in the car? Yeah, exactly. Well my type one diabetes. I also had like a gigantic open bag of flour. So there was white powder and syringes all over the place. So that was So fun. you could you could have been Jay. You could only Jay wouldn't have had white powder all over the place. It would have been stashed in a compartment. That's somewhere. true. So I also don't know that, that he, I don't think he had syringes everywhere. No, probably not. No, <laughs> no probably not. Cops had probable um, cause to pull me over. That was the difference. So That's true. Right. So I mean, you know, the thing about this verse is like, you know, obviously this is he's speaking to it's a great conversation and a, he is in the wrong, but then the other side of it, and he talks about this in numerous interviews, is the cop is also in the wrong because he's mm-hmm. pulling them over with no probable cause. And that was like a thing, you know, bringing right. black people over. And this happened on the turnpike, but it happened in Maryland. It happened everywhere, really. And this verse, for me personally, speaks to me in a really deep way, especially the line, which I know you guys, I'm sure, you know what line I'm probably going to uh, reference here. I hope it's my Um, favorite line, too. Son, do you know why I'm stopping you for? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am I under arrest or should I guess some more? Well, you is doing 55 and a 54 license and registration and step out of the car. Are you carrying a weapon on you? I know a lot of you are. That line hits in such a deep way because not only have I heard it, Mm -hmm. you know, as a black man, but like, you know, millions, I'm pretty sure, of people have stories about that, you know, like in some way, shape or form. Either you've had that happen to you or you have a friend or a relative or whatever. So it just resonates in a very, very deep way. Those lines like stop me dead in my tracks. Yeah. Like the cleverness of... You was doing 55 and a 54. That's the line specifically. Right. I mean, that's that like, yeah. Because right. it just, it's such an, it's like a subtle hyperbole of the ridiculousness of yeah. the situation. And I right. love it so much. But then the the other line, obviously, of I know a lot of you are, right? Like, it just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the was, subtle, like, racist kind of implications of that. I mean, it's not even. It's no, no, not no. Even I, yeah. Subtle. And it, no, right. reading it and just going like, well, shit, this is such a great song. I mean, honestly, right. it's so, <laughs> like what a it's such a great song. It encapsulates to your point. If you just take the line, well, you was doing 55 and a 54, that encapsulates the experience of most young, you know, black men when they have these encounters from time to time with law enforcement, you know, where you go, well, w- wait a minute. Why am I why am I getting pulled over again? Oh right, there's no reason. <laughs> See, I've, <laughs> there's no I've reason heard of the fact that I'm black. It's I've great. heard a bunch of people talk about how 
cops don't even tell them why they pulled them over. It's just immediately yeah. like license registration, step out of the car kind of situation. Yeah. So the the fact that Jay-Z in this story that he's basing it off of or the hyperbole that he's giving, the fact that he even lists a reason there mm-hmm. is <laughs> interesting. But, but the reason he chooses is so ludicrous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, yes. I mean, he's saying like, you found a bullshit reason to pull me over. Mm-hmm. And, he's, yeah. you know, that's right after obviously acknowledging the real reason. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll let you continue. No, no, no. I was just going to say like, this verse is pretty flawless as far as I'm concerned. You know, there's a, obviously like grammatical issues, but... But they're that's not just, grammatical issues because it's, it's just vernacular. The, yeah, exactly. So to me, there's not one grammatical issue at all. I did have to look up the slang term Jake because I had never heard that before. Evidently it is, as you may have guessed from context... <laughs> <laughs> a police officer <laughs> says. Yes. <laughs> great, great context so, clues there, Jay-Z. I think we all got there without Urban Dictionary. Uh, I did not look up the <laughs> slang term raw, but through context clues, I'm also going to assume that that is cocaine. In my trunk yep. is raw. Mm-hmm. Good job, Brad. It's, hey. Yeah, it's, it's drugs, yeah. I mean, there you go. This is why I married a <laughs> literature teacher. <right> <laughs> So that I can understand context, because I don't always have that. So what I wrote down for myself about this verse is that I really like how you have the dialogue between the guy in the car and the police officer. But then you have like this internal monologue going on throughout it as well. And so it's almost like you're getting the speaker giving you his own like soliloquy on the side where he's telling us, the listeners, what's going on in his mind the whole time this conversation is going down. And I really like the play between that. And even when you're not reading it, when you're just listening to it, it's so clear when the speaker's actually speaking to the police officer. Then he does the police officer's voice, so that's really clear as well. (laughs) Yeah. And and funny and interesting. And then there's the part, the lines that are the internal monologue. They're just slightly different from the the tone of the lines where he's talking to the officer. So you hear like all those three things very clearly and distinctly. And I like that. I like, you know, knowing what's going on inside the person's mind at the same time the scene is happening. I think it's so well constructed. Can I uh, take a moment to drop in some direct quotes from Katie this morning while reading the lyrics to this song? (laughs) Yes, please. All right. So the first one is, damn it, Jay-Z. That is a direct quote. (laughs) The second one I have here is because this is when she realized that she was completely wrong. She goes, son of a bitch, (laughs) which is interesting because one of her initial hangups in the song was about the derogatory term bitch. I've never said I wasn't a hypocrite. Yeah, you, you definitely are. And then when she just conceded, she turns to me and says, I've had a grave misunderstanding of this song. <laughs> I just want us all to remember this as as she just talks about how much she loves this verse that Katie is of course wrong. <laughs> was wrong. No, I was wrong. Yeah. I am right now. Past tense. About my understanding of the song as being really, right. I no really longer have good. a grave misunderstanding of this song. <laughs> So, <laughs> I just well, it also it is interesting if you had picked Ice T's right, which I have not listened problems. to. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to that one, Katie. You would have had a field day with 
to that song. Well, Unfortunately for you, you picked Jay-Z's. See, but we wouldn't be having this conversation with you about Ice T's. That's the difference. We could have been. He said specifically he wanted to do Jay-Z. I know. So I know. I did not do my homework. I get an F on this assignment. Yeah. I yeah. do. F- <laughs> I also want to say, like, you guys are, are traitors. You're not loyal because neither of you helped me out at all. Like, you must have known. You both knew. I was making a mistake, and you were like, let's just see what happens. Let's let her That's make fun. this big mistake. I was, let's I have an really episode thought. where Katie basically publicly apologizes the whole time. <laughs> Apologies, I, I really, Jay-Z. I really thought that you were going to come up with a very strong, cogent argument and probably lament the misogynistic lyrics, right? That you know the chorus kind of leads you down a path with and i kind of had like you know i had like a whole like rebuttal for you but i was also like she must be coming up with something because like the lyrics are like really really good yeah so yeah yeah, they are (laughs) and the song is working the way it's also meant to work and so Mm -hmm. that is also very funny that your reaction to the chorus slash the hook is actually what he intended (laughs) yeah he 100 succeeded Like, this is a 100, I am living proof, so you're welcome, Jay-Z, because I am living proof that your song is 100% successful. I also want to point out that this song rocks. Yeah. Like, this is a rock song with rap lyrics. Yes. Famously produced by Rick Rubin, who has produced, like, every single huge artist. He's in the video, isn't he? Uh, I think he's in the video. He's, like, in the car, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So this is the first rap song he produced since 1996's... I'm going to put air quotes around the word hit by Sir Mix-A-Lot, and it has the greatest title to a song I've ever heard in my life, Return of the Bumpasaurus. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Why didn't we do that song? Which is now a song that I need to listen, because that song had no chart positions. Nobody, nobody's ever, ever listened, and I'm assuming Rick Rubin and Sir Mix-A-Lot go into this category as well. Nobody has ever listened to the song Return of the Bumpasaurus until this afternoon when I will inevitably listen to the song Return of the Bumpasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to say Haven't Rick... heard of it. Well, now you have your welcome. Rick did a better Thank job, probably, much. with this one than I with the other. So, Although yeah. I shouldn't go around making assumptions. Like, if there's a lesson to be learned today, I should probably listen <laughs> and to you know Bumpasaurus Wait a before second. I make that that's, claim. See, that's the, the beauty of this. You went in here with this bold assertion, but as a teacher, now you've learned a valuable lesson. And I so have. you thought that we yes, were we going have. to help you, but instead we've helped you by not helping you and allowing you the opportunity to learn. <laughs> I'm taking that as a You will pick a different song and I'm sure make a much stronger argument. I have made... Um, Now, we've done 50-something episodes and I'm going to say that I have still made 50-something very good, strong arguments and I'm allowed to not be perfect. I disagree. (laughs) Well, no, you have made made 50-something... I am taking uh, Starship's Nothing Gonna Stop Us Now. That is not a strong argument you made. I don't remember. (laughs) Wait. In a shocking Proving twist, the point. in a shocking twist, Katie doesn't remember this. I How bizarre. I wasn't arguing that that song was bad. You were arguing that that song was excellent, and I'm saying that you were wrong. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I that's like fair. it, but, but it's, it's not, not an excellent song. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, well, Benga, is there anything else about this verse that you want to tout as awesome? We, I think we've hit the high points. I mean, it's it's clever. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, outside of, like, the context of just what the, the Black experience is, he's also just having a lot of fun with it. And I love this conversation that's being had between him and the cop and and it really could go, it really could have gone south. He really just mm-hmm. got lucky mm-hmm. in this particular case. It raises some other, like, I think somebody did, like, a legal analysis of this, right? That it was he really in his right, you yeah. know? And could the cop actually have searched his car? And I think the legal breakdown says the cop would have been within his right to search the car, just with the way the law is structured. Right. Even though, like, the Fourth Amendment or whatever prohibits against like unreasonable searches and seizures but still um you know the threshold for probable cause is a weird one (laughs) Um, i i I was always under the impression that like probable cause is so loosely defined that basically it is very loosely yeah any cop can basically say well i had probable cause because i suspected that there was a problem (laughs) yeah i suspect exactly yeah um, I had reasonable suspicion, suspicion that so and so or whatever, but really that's the only other thing. I mean, it's just a really fun verse. Evidently, right. evidently, the reason Jay Z got away in real life is because the canine unit failed to show up, and so as a result, the cop had to let him go. Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. It's a lucky move. It would have there would have been no black album. Uh, there would have been no. There would have. Print. It just would have Man, been one verse a- shorter. <laughs> I think Bang is saying he may not have had the opportunity oh. to make it oh. had yes. that situation gone differently. Ah, oh, gotcha. But even this the section on the legalities, it almost doesn't matter entirely yeah, if they're matter. perfectly legally accurate because it just brings up the conversation of like having to know what's legal and what's not legal while you drive around. Like as a relatively small white woman, like I've never thought about what is a cop allowed to do when they pull me over, you know? And to piggyback on what you just said, I think part of what this song did, I think for a lot of people also was go, hey, but wait a minute, what are my rights? Right. Like that's the power of this verse, right? Yeah. It started having people go, well, wait a minute, maybe I am in my right. Maybe you can't search my car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in of itself is very cool. It speaks to the power of the artist being able to kind of kindle a light, you know, I think also for a lot of like just youth, mm-hmm. you know, in understanding what, <laughs> where they fit in this society. And the way that it's done because of the trick of the chorus is subversive because there's this mask over the song of you don't really know what it's about, which is what he intended. So I like the subversiveness yeah. of the way that message is getting out there, too. Damn it. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so mad at myself. Well, couldn't have said it any better. But I'm enjoying talking about the song. Uh, I'm still glad same. it happened. I just... You know, you both know me for a really long time. You know how much I hate being wrong. And I was just like, I just wasn't careful. It was thoughtless. I did everything. I did everything wrong. I didn't take my own advice about formulating ideas. It was just like such a massive failure. Son, do you know why I'm stopping you? Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am I under arrest or should I get some more? Well, you was doing 55. In the 54. Uh-huh. And my punishment is going to have to be reading verse 3. You are absolutely correct. You um, not only, you not only yes. get to read the chorus, but you also get to read the entirety of verse 3. Here we go. Here are we you go. Guys ready? 
Now, once upon a time, not too long ago, a young gentleman like myself had a, had to strong arm a hoe. This is not a hoe in the sense of having a pussy, but a pussy having no goddamn sense trying to push me. I try to ignore him, talk to the Lord, pray for him, but some fools just love to perform. You know the type, loud as a motorbike, but wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. And only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get to clapping and he and his boys going to be yapping to the captain. And there I go, trapped in the Kit Kat again, back through the system with the riffraff again, fiends on the floor scratching again, paparazzis with their cameras snapping them, DA trying to give a gentleman shaft again, half a mil for bail because I'm African, all because this fool was harassing them trying to play the boy like he's saccharine but ain't nothing sweet about how i hold my gun i got 99 problems being a bitch ain't one hit me so katie let me ask you what do you think bitch is in the context of the third verse exactly what i said it was at the beginning when we started all of this that Uh my problem isn't that i'm a little bitch that you can play right i read that it was the prison version of bitch being somebody's bitch in prison that is, don't you think that it's, it's another similar. like double entendre situation? Yes, though? I do. You have yeah. the the fight at the beginning where, you know, I don't know if we could release this with me saying pussy so many times. You might have to bleep that. I'm Maybe. not sure. I'm not sure what to do there. But it is, it's the words, in a way, I don't want to apologize for it because it is, it, these are the words in, in, context, in the song yeah. that he wrote. And, right. you know, the hard thing about bleeping that would be, the there's a really excellent wordplay there right. that's happening. So from right. a literary perspective, I hesitate to to bleep it because he explains exactly what he means by pussy and he breaks it down. Like I'm not talking about right. vaginas. I'm talking right. about somebody who is weak. And I think that is like a synonym for bitch there. Isn't but it if, interesting yeah. that pussy and bitch are synonyms? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. It is. Yeah. That's that's a social problem in this yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking about I was talking about the animals, a cat and a dog. That is a social problem between cats and dogs. <laughs> cats everybody, and dogs. it's between cats and dogs. Um, um, can I can I tell you real quick? Uh, my favorite line in this in this entire song is in this verse. Okay. Uh, because I simultaneously know what it means, but have no idea what it means. But wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> it's just so funny. It is funny. <laughs> so funny. It makes me think um, of that fruit ninja game, but I don't think that yeah. was out yet. <laughs> Saying bust in a grape is really like it should be dirtier <laughs> than it actually is. Like And what is um, a fruit fight? Like what on earth is a fruit fight? If he said food fight. I would get it more because food fight is like, that's common knowledge. But a fruit fight is a very, very specific type of food fight. Yes, it is. So It is. Is that slang? I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, do you want to finish what you were going to I was going to say, like, I I was just saying kind of generally, like, is that slang that I don't get? Because I I Googled because I don't I don't do slang. That's not a thing I get. That's so not true. You make up your own. I make up my own slang. I don't rely on other people's slang. Uh, But I did have to Google the slang term Kit Kat, which is a police car 
But from what I could find in a cursory, admittedly, cursory Google search, Kit Kat didn't exist as a slang term before this song. So He Shakespeared it. He made up his own thing. He made up his own thing, and then it became a slang term. A thing. But at the time, do you think everybody was like, what? all right, we'll just roll with it? Probably. Uh, I... Guys, I'm I would just going to call it a Kit Kat, I... all right? I'm just going to call it a Kit Kat. <laughs> um, that would be one. I, a, I agree with you, Brad. I also think it's, they came up with like, just like with Jake, right? Jake, which, you know, was representative for cops. Um, there was so much slang back then used and still to today, you know? So it's very possible. I don't, I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Kick out again. I didn't know. I, I actually had to look up. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I mean, within the context of what he's talking about, it's clear that, you know, he's being ushered into mm-hmm. the system. And right. so it's some, he's being transported in some fashion and you can either put that in a cop car or it would probably be a cop car. Yeah. Um, so that's the way I took it, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I certainly didn't use Kit Kat around that time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'd never heard that before paying attention to these lyrics. No, me either. So, so we don't, it's, is it a chicken we're, or the egg? We're talking about here? 14 years of not at all knowing this slang. Well, do you guys know what this verse references? I don't. What do you mean? Like, uh, was it a specific well, event? Yes. Like, a, so I, you know, I don't know that he's actually come out and confirmed this. Uh-huh. However, so like Jay Z had an incident in 1999 where he was arrested for uh, stabbing, you know, uh, some sort of an exec who had leaked. I think it was his fourth album. Yeah, who was who had allegedly had leaked his his fourth album. Okay. And Jay-Z confronted him, you know, at a club after some some party. Uh, and they got into it, and then a big flight kind of ensued. And, you know, next thing you know, this guy had been stabbed. And, you know, uh, and then Jay-Z had to go away and made, posted, like, $50,000 bail. Got away with, like, probation, I think, when it was all said and done. I think that's what the first part of this verse actually basically most of this verse is talking about is talking about referencing that specific incident although i don't think he's ever really come out and confirmed it right because he doesn't reference specifically like somebody at his label who leaked an album it's just talking about like more generally getting into a fight with somebody you know getting basically like pushed into having a physical fight exactly but the aftermath yeah of that incident was paparazzi with their cameras right. snapping yeah, yeah. him. The DA trying to give him, you know, the shaft in half a mil for bail because I'm African. Although I don't think his I was going to say yeah, his he's a, bail was fifty. Hyperbolizing the bail, right? Right. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought I, that's license. what I've always <clears throat> thought this verse referenced. I Whether think that's a it fair is fair inference. This this might be me getting it wrong, but there are a couple lines in here, including my favorite one, but wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. And then moving on, trying to play the boy like he's saccharine, but ain't nothing sweet about how I hold my gun. That strikes me as a little homophobic. That was my only thought about the the fruit fight yeah. line. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed to go in that now, I direction. Think, I, I think it could be argued that it's not necessarily homophobic, but I think it is homophobic. Uh, I think you could make an argument that it is. I would argue that it isn't, but there are, like, it isn't overtly, Is I guess is the way I would put it, homophobic, well, right? I think you could argue that, again, this whole use of weakness, mm-hmm. right? Because the use, the word weak isn't necessarily associated just with gay people, right? Sure. Or being, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, 
So I could argue that, I mean, the fruit reference, maybe, but not the saccharine reference to me. And well, here's the thing. Socially, these words are problematic. Bitch, hoe, pussy, fruit. They're all socially problematic. So if we're going to say that his use of fruit here is homophobic, then we have to still decide that his use of bitch is sexist. But I think what he's trying to do with the song is use words that are commonly associated with weakness for right or wrong. And I'm not saying that it's right that those words are associated with weakness, but he's trying to use words that are associated with weakness to get his point across about what he's not. Yes. So, I, I mean, I, I don't love that bitch has to be the word that's used to say that people are weak. I still don't love that. I'm well, still not on board with that. You know, and I would feel the same way about the, the lines that you're pointing out. Uh, I would like to kind of further my argument here when he says, trying to play the boy like he's saccharine, but ain't nothing sweet about how I hold my gun. I got 99 problems. Being a bitch ain't one. Feeding right into uh, what I take to right. be a, a prison bitch. Like, right. And when he says, ain't nothing sweet about how I hold my gun, the gun being a phallic reference. And so that's that's really why I take that as homophobic. Now, like I said, I understand that you can argue that it's not. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you're still using the stereotype of a gay person being weak to make a point that I'm not weak. Right. Well, we're still using the stereotype that women are weak to make a, a point. Right. I don't. Well, I, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing right. with you there, but I'm saying that this is a separate issue. Yeah. So, well, and I'm saying that both of those issues are social problems. Yeah. So, uh, but Jay-Z I, I, has... I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a very strong argument, Brad. Yeah. Um, I, Thank you. Yeah, they're a very strong argument. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Jay-Z has, you know, in recent years come out in favor of things like gay marriage and equal rights and stuff like that. And so... You know, the well, I can I also let me see, let me respond to that because yeah. I think part of why Jay Z is is um perhaps my favorite artist of all time, yeah, is if you've listened closely to his music from his first album, Reasonable Doubt, all the way through to his most recent album, 444, you literally get to track a man evolving, mm -hmm. right, sure. and maturing over the course of his albums, and so. And he, and he talks about this often, about how he talks about, you know, specifically about where he is in his life at that whatever given moment, right? And so, you know, I think more than likely, he's probably also, not to put words in his mouth um, or project this onto him, but from observing him from afar, from an outsider looking in, he has matured a lot. Sure. And so I'm pretty sure he probably held certain ideologies or certain maybe had certain perspectives just like all of us by the mm -hmm. way oh yeah um that have evolved over time is what i would think. oh no so, i mean i i'm sure that i would completely disagree with an awful lot of things that i felt 14 years ago right you know i'm a different human being than i was then i also think that jay-z was probably just using like the vernacular of his time too and of the genre yeah you know like yeah. he is a hip-hop artist this is the type of language it's used yeah and so he's using it and so and he... he's using it to his advantage to make his point and connect with his audience and so as benga saying right. like you see him mature and evolve and change throughout these albums which i have not listened to <laughs> but um, uh he probably wouldn't write this song the same way now as he did then. Or he would. Or he would. Or he would. Or he would. Okay. Or he because might. I, I don't he, know. <laughs> <laughs> or or he would, 
but then also he he would he might also come out and say, hey, I can say those lyrics and not necessarily be homophobic. Sure, right? Uh, like can, Green Day. So Green I think that's Day the, uses yeah. Because that's the, I think that's the other thing is that like a lot of things are context, mm-hmm. right? And in a medium that's that was built to be provocative and edgy and deal with like uh, material that you know can be incendiary, right? That still, in my opinion, still has to be a part of the culture. Yeah. Right. But I think his intention, I would argue, maybe even then wasn't to be homophobic. No, I don't think his intention. Even though, was even though, either. even though yeah, the yeah. words maybe you know play into that, I could see him still saying, you know what. I'm still going to perform it that way. You know, like I'm going to perform it that way because that is still not my intention. I'm saying these words to elicit a response. I'm not saying, by the way, this is right or wrong. I'm just saying there is like a nuance to all of this, right? That like, it's always hard with some of these artists (laughs) Um, because they, they're full of contradictions. Well, okay. So when it comes to the usage of words, intent is sometimes more important than the word being used itself. And in many ways, I find the usage of words like bitch and pussy and hoe in this song, now that I have fully examined this song, less offensive than words like baby angel. Uh. In something like Keith Urban's female, because Jay-Z knows exactly what he's doing here. His intent is clear. His word choice is careful and well thought out. And the intention behind the song just comes across so clearly. And it makes sense. It holds up. And then you go back to Keith Urban's female, since Banga mentioned it as an episode that he really liked. And the usage of those words felt careless it felt like yes keith urban intended to do good but his understanding of the words just revealed such a massive misunderstanding of women or of the issue or whatever else that that's more bothersome to me than this well they say that the road to hell is paved with good Good intentions so uh (laughs) so windows down radio up eye contact with the person in the next lane over fist in the air katie yes i want to say yes yeah i'm gonna say yes Benga, I think you gave your answer before we started recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an absolutely. Both hands absolutely. off the wheel, just like in the air. <laughs> yep. I mean, the only time I might consider lowering the volume is if a cop were driving by. Ooh. But outside of that, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will be blasting it. Um, sure full volume it is a song definitely worth blasting although i didn't get to tell you guys the one line go for it i don't know it's not it doesn't even feel worth it now to tell you the one line i think uh you should tell us and if i need to edit it out i'll edit it out all right well this is nitpicky and it's not okay so the whole song is bravado and it's hyper masculinity in a way that i find is really clever and so then the the line right towards the end um but ain't nothing sweet about how i hold my gun it just to me it feels like a cop out there's so much more in the song that Mm. is clever and unexpected and that to me just feels like succumbing to hyper masculinity in for me what's disappointing in a disappointing way when i look at how stellar the rest of the song is i don't know i don't think that's as bad as no absolutely still don't find it as bad as (laughs) (laughs) and i will just also say yeah maybe it isn't as bad uh no just kidding Uh, i I would say actually i agree with katie 100 i just wanted to make that joke like (laughs) Um, this, by the 
way, Katie isn't even like necessarily, it's just like, a, it's not even a response to what you're saying. Sure. I, I don't even know if I could say I agree or disagree with you. I will just say, again, part of it is like, it's the context of who he is as an artist. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of go back to uh, East Coast, West Coast rivalry. Okay. Where a lot of those lyrics were kind of like, you know, very emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And there were both veiled threats and just like outright threats being made. And it's interesting when you look at like the rap battles, like rap battles can kind of escalate to a point where like people are saying some of the worst things. And then the hope is it creates a certain excitement from a listener and from an audience perspective, if you're really immersed in that culture. And then the hope is always that it doesn't tip over into violence. But often it did. And the reality is, I think with that line, I look at that line and then I think about Jay-Z's history and that was a big part of, you know, like, I I don't know what he did, you know, like Mm -hmm. back then before he became, you know, a renowned artist. But that was very much a big part of his life. Right. You know, was they all carried weapons because they all felt like they had to defend, you know, each other. They'd been shot at or whatever. So I do look at that line and I agree with you, but I think that's also like something that they do. It's part of it. They, you know, they go, hey, you know what? You still can't mess with me because if you want to take it elsewhere, (laughs) um, we will deal with this elsewhere. Well, as much as Um, you agree with me, I agree with you. That's kind of why I said, oh, I don't even know if this is worth mentioning. But yeah, I see. I definitely see the perspective that you're coming from here and that your kind of take on it. And at the same time, if I had to just go from an aesthetic reaction, it's not my favorite line in the song. And I would say this. He has actually since come out to say, if I am in fact right in saying that this references the incident that he had in 1999, Mm -hmm. you know, the stabbing incident or whatever, he talks about having just like immense regret for how that played out, given somebody in his position that it kind of transcended that life to kind of fall back into it. And that's why I feel like that verse really does speak to that. So to your Mm -hmm. point, it's like, did you even really need to have that line? Right. We get it. We get it based on the cleverness of the start of the verse. Like, I love how in just a few lines, he totally morphs and manipulates those words that he's chosen to use. And there's such like a, there's such a poetry to that, that I just feel at the end, like, was this necessary? But it is what yeah. it is. It's no bust a grape in a fruit fight. For sure. <laughs> but what is, you know? Hardly anything. So, okay. So do we want to talk about the video then? Yeah, let's because, go for it. Because I'll be completely yes. honest. I am lukewarm on the video. Like, it's 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 fine. It's a video. Like, I don't like the dog fighting that happens in the video. And that's basically all the only, the only thing I think of it. So, so there were, there were two things that I didn't care for in the video and they are mm-hmm. not the thing that the video was controversial for. Did we really make it clear what the video was controversial for? No, I don't know that we did. No. You want to take that Benga? No. I know. I, I don't even know that I can because it wasn't very controversial for me outside of the dog oh, no. fighting. Yeah. So I don't remember what a lot of the so hoopla was about. I and mean, even with the dog fighting, like that's a, such a big part of that world and culture at least was at that time. So, um, uh, unfortunately, well, from what I understand, the controversy comes from the uh, the shooting scene where where oh. somebody's like killed in a shootout in the video, and so they had to release. Well, MTV and BET both played these videos with a foreword by Jay Z, where he explains that it's supposed to represent the death of Jay Z and the rebirth of Sean Carter. Jay-Z's real name, if you don't know that. So that was the controversy. Right. 
Okay. So what I you know it's interesting. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember the controversy at all. I do remember reading about this that you know this was he had to record an explanation. Right. But even the explanation to me is humorous, right? Yeah. Because he still goes by Jay-Z. <laughs> you know what? Like the other thing is like I don't remember this being a controversy at the time at all. And there have been so many videos well before this that depict somebody being shot and killed. Hell, Madonna's like a prayer depicts a guy being stabbed to death in an alleyway. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, but that's right. not what it was controversial for. It was controversial for the burning crosses. That's yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And the uh the black Jesus. Are. Her making out with a black Jesus. Yeah. That <laughs> the was stabbing yeah. people were right. fine yeah. with because right. we are a weird culture. Right. We are a very strange place. And in this particular like you know, I would just say like one thing about, you know, because, you know, Jay-Z is getting shot up at the end and his explanation is that, you know, it signifies the death of Jay-Z and, you know, the rebirth of Sean Carter. Also, the Black Album was supposed to be a retirement album. So it was supposed to be signifying like, you know, a transition to a very different stage in his life, <laughs> which is not the case. But I think also hip hop was just so inspired by like movies like The Godfather and Scarface. Sure. And a lot of those influences make their way into the lyrics and the symbolism and imagery that's used um, by a lot of hip-hop artists, especially in the 90s during mm-hmm. like the height of like gangster rap. Right. And I think this is really just a callback to that. Yeah. His answer to it Specific- just... Oh, sorry, Benga. Oh, I think that was the last thing I had to say. Nothing else. I was going to say that his answer to it, you know, death of Jay-Z, resurrection of Sean Carter, just seems like, okay, you asked me to put a stupid disclaimer at the beginning yeah. of this video, <laughs> so I'm going to give you just the most BS answer that I can come up with, and I kind of respect that. Yeah, that's fine. You want me, to, yeah. you want me to give you a disclaimer? Nobody Here really, ultimately, nobody really cares that much. Right. You know, not even Jay-Z. Right. I have to say, though, when I watched the video, I was like, oh, this is a really cool video. It seems to like kind of perfectly go along with the song. Of course, when I saw the the dog fight, I get it that it is part of the world he's trying to depict. But I was like, F. I still hate that part of the world. I just hate that. I think it's so wrong. That's why we don't like Michael Vick anymore. You know, know? the whole idea of manipulating animals that can't make choices for themselves to, you know, entertain us in some ways. It just is crazy to me. But honestly, the other thing I didn't like in the video, and it's not because I actually typically have a problem with it, were the bikini girls with their jiggling boobs and butts. Not because I have a problem with girls in videos and bikinis with jiggling boobs and butts, but because it didn't have any place in this video. It just was, it's really short. It's like shot of the kind of dismembered booty. It's not even really part of like a whole woman's body just like close up on the butt and then then there's the top of her and her you know breasts are like coming out of the bikini top that's fine and that's the end of it but if the song's really not about that and the video's not really about that is that just for show like well it's a jay-z video so i have to have lady boobs and butts in it i don't know it just seemed like out of place oh is it weird that i don't even remember that happening (laughs) (laughs) i've got some responses okay but i will I will let Brad go first. No, no, no. I'm just saying that I don't even remember that those were in the video. I want to hear Banga's responses. Yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> and I will preface it by saying I'm by no means endorsing. I'll start with the first part um, of boobs what you or said, butts Katie, to deal with the dog fighting. I'll deal with the dog fighting and then I'll deal with the boobs and butts. I'm ready. Second. <laughs> Although they both kind of coalesce into a broader problem that you'd already referenced earlier in terms of just larger social, social issues at play. 
this video is set in Marcy Projects, is from what I right. remember, which is which where, where Jay Z right? is from. Exactly. It's where he grew up. And so a lot of the imagery that you see is from the neighborhood. And a lot of the scenes that they try to construct are based on just what he saw, mm-hmm. right, on a regular basis. Um, so like dogfighting would have been part of it. The pimp culture was like a big thing as well. You know, uh, that sort of bravado and, and guys, you know, on, on bikes and doing their thing. He's basically almost like vomiting imagery sure. from his past. Yeah, And that to me is what this whole video is about now to your point earlier i do think that you have to once again if you want some context right we still have to look to the larger sort of societal issues at play Mm -hmm. that coalesce to create an environment where some of this stuff happens sure and then i buy into which is for a different topic i still then i just buy into all of the imagery except for the women right even it's just like out of place by the way like i said i don't i don't endorse it because if it was being depicted in a different way you know it didn't seem like they were it didn't seem like they were women from the neighborhood or it didn't seem like they were just ladies hanging out scantily clad. It really went into like the typical way you see a woman in a video where the camera is super zoomed in on her and she just like wiggles her parts at it. So if it had yeah. been done differently, I might buy it in the world of the video that was created. And that's why even though I hate the dog fighting part, like I get it. Like I get, like you said, vomiting those images at us in a way that kind of points it out. Like how do all these things exist in one place at one time and yet they do. So think about that for a minute. But the ladies take me out right. of it. That And it's just a tiny right. bit of the video, but it takes me out of the whole thing. And personally, I didn't care for it. Okay. I totally, totally get it. And to your point, it totally like, it almost like, it almost might be like a break kind of thematically if you look at it because it almost feels like it isolates that shot and then glorifies a certain type of imagery Mm -hmm. for like that brief moment for those specific shots you referenced, the boobs and butts. um, Specifically the boobs, the (laughs) close-ups. So I do agree with you. All right, there we go. Yeah. Woohoo. I get to be right even though I was so wrong. You were so wrong. Uh, (laughs) So last question here, Katie. Uh, Can you grade it? It's an A. I mean, let's be honest here. This song on so many levels is well done. The thematic concept, the wordplay, the sound, you know, just as a work of poetry the way the words are put together the way that you know the the sounds hit and the the vowels and the consonants play off of one another the rhyme the assonance all of it it's so good i mean it's great so well done jay-z what did you think you were going to give this as a grade i don't know i hadn't really thought about it yeah um because i don't really think about that ahead of time whenever we do these episodes well all right unless it's smash mouth what a great teacher you are in which case the f was so obvious (laughs) i am a great teacher you don't walk into an assignment that you're grading with the assignment I, graded I already. I wasn't joking. Oh, okay. It sounded like you were being sarcastic. I was like, how dare you? So, all right. So then should I wrap this one up? Is there uh, anything else to talk about? Other than the fact that I'm so happy that we got to talk about this song with Benga. Yeah, Benga, yeah, thank, awesome. yeah. thank you for doing this with us. I'm glad we could get the technology to work and have you uh, meet us here, even though it's only, uh, what, one o'clock your time? Mm-hmm. So, well, Benga, thank you so much for yeah. being here via, via uh, our wonderful app products that we've got going on here hopefully we'll be able to get to see you in person sometimes in the near future yes thank you so much for having me i love you guys i love the show 
You're doing a fantastic job. Cut it out. Um, and I, um, I look forward to being back on the show at some awesome. point soon. Ninety-nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. If you have girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got ninety-nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Uh, all right, and with that, I just want to say to everybody, thank you again for listening. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, song suggestions, anything like that, please shoot us an email. Our email address is decompositionpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at decomp underscore pod, Facebook, Instagram, decomposition podcast, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash decomposition podcast. Again, Benga, thank you for doing with this with us, and you just chill till the next episode.